Hey everyone, this is Jeff, your DM. Uh, just throwing in a small reminder here that all these day off episodes are actually closed sessions, so the other players aren't listening to them. They're just for you guys. Alright, I hope you enjoy the episode. Start us off right with a lightsaber check. Alright, this time I've got a really good feeling that now it's 14. Alright, let's be done with that. We're thinking like waking up in the morning on my day off. So yeah, I would see myself just coming to consciousness in the side room, laying down on the couch, get up and walk into my office and stretch a little bit and just, ah, day off. Alright, I'll walk out of the office, <laughs> go to see that Gore is still working. Yes, Gore's at the front desk, Cobbler has been removed, and Barry is cleaning up the main meeting room where you guys generally have people when you discuss business. And it'd be odd for this kind of social setting in our world, but it's pretty normal that they'd be working all the time. <laughs> and I don't think much of it. I'll give a good morning to everybody and grab a cup of coffee. I usually just get a cup of coffee, though, I think to myself. Somebody's, oh yeah, somebody is always just giving me a cup of coffee. I'll go to the kitchen and see what I can <laughs> manage. Yeah, there's some powder stuff that you can throw together real quick. And I do. Fumbling around it, make it probably a little bit too thick, smell it. Hmm. Then I magically make it taste good and think nothing of it. Walk back downstairs. Heading into your office and going down the stairs into the underground study left by your father. You'll see there's a couple bookshelves, an alchemist work table. You can see glass front armoire. So as you walk up to the armoire, the glass casing, you can see the plaque at the bottom that says Magnus Estebold. Inside, there is a bastard sword that appears to be made of broken glass that's been put back together. The handle, a shining and silver metal. There's a set of uniquely designed gauntlets, multi-layered, kind of giving a almost like snakeskin appearance to them, uh, though they look sturdy. An impressive mithril pauldron, blackened though to have crow etchings put upon it, and a large cloak, definitely designed for your grandfather. So it will be a little bit big if you were to wear it, but appears to be, as it's labeled, made out of a dire owlbear pelt. Large feathers around the collars, claws on the shoulders. Lined with suncloth, and you can see magical runes on the inside. And then I will detect magic. Uh, they all glow. Speaking out loud, just wow. I don't think this stuff at one time was probably worth so much, but with technology today, probably not so much anymore. I'll pick up the uh, the pauldron, and it's something I can do to... You can just identify things now, right? Yeah, yeah. To, I mean, you have time definitely enough to spend with it to just identify it. Yeah, and I'll think to myself, it might not be worth that much anymore, but it's definitely very powerful. Hmm. I'll set it back down, marvel over the items a little bit longer, just reminiscing, but... This is all the same equipment that's in that large painting of Magnus that sits up in the in your office. I guess I've just never seen this stuff in person before. Yeah, this whole room is a mystery. Take a sip of the coffee and set it down and um, slowly walk over to the journal. Yeah, you have it left open in the spot that you had started reading the day before. And um, I will continue reading further. At the end of the chapter that concluded with finding out about your death, the book starts to go on talking about what the family's doing to handle this. Matilda, it appears back then in her youth, was an acolyte training for the Church of Asdan. She performed a ritual to keep your body safe. During this time, Magnus set out to try to find a way to bring you back. Mortimer and Evelyn are beside themselves as you read through the book of a heartbroken man 
discussing about what he would have to do in order to bring back his son. His father, Magnus Estebold, is referenced multiple times as being a perpetual and is currently heading back to Corza in order to look through the research of the Mad Library to see if there's something that can be done. Perpetual. I never knew that about him. Yeah. What does the common person these days know about the perpetuals? Yeah, the common person would know they exist. If you live in America, you know about the Mounties. Okay. But you don't know, like, official Mountie stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're an organization, they exist, they're, they're something like that. Uh, what kind of uh, knowledge would you like, history or local? or? Yeah, go ahead and give me history. I roll for a knowledge history, rolling a natural 20, getting a 26. With a natural 20, it actually kind of fits that you do know about the Perpetuals. Uh, in a way, they are kind of magical repo men, chasing down magic items that have been either discovered to be dangerous or cursed, or even intelligent items that can take over people. They travel the world, trying to recover these things so they can keep them safe. Powerful artifacts generally end up in their stead as well. Though not necessarily politically motivated, they are respected across the world for kind of the work they do. Magnus Estable being a perpetual makes sense now. When you think about your grandfather and the travels he did, uh, the items he has, it definitely looks like this is all built for somebody who knows both magic as well as physical combat. Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of laugh a little bit. <laughs> just, yep, he really just was that badass. One thing I actually, I guess with that natural 20, looking at the gear that was left behind, that's probably what he used. But as far as the magic came across, none of this appears to be an Alfier. To put it simply, none of this appears to be any kind of intelligent item that the Perpetuals would have used. Gotcha. I would imagine he probably wouldn't store anything like that here, unless if there was some crazy circumstance. Mm-hmm. Not wanting to spend too much time, I might just kind of thumb further through the uh, journal to see if I can't see how they, how am I alive right now if I die? Because I really don't want to have to ask Matilda. Yeah, flipping ahead, you go a couple journals further in, and you'll find as they talk about Magnus's return, you see notes from your father talking about how strong Xavier's being, helping his grandfather decipher the information that he's obtained. Though part of it seems to be copied down from the Mad Librarian's writings, Xavier seems to have a natural ability to be able to untangle and decipher information from these kind of arcane texts. He'd make an amazing mage if it seemed that he just wants to run circles around people with word games. Magnus seems to have returned with only half the information necessary. He's dropped off what he can for Xavier and I to go over, but it seems that he is heading north. He says he has to go somewhere to the towers, closer to Delon. He's searching for someone known as the Dweller in the Threshold. He believes this is where he can get the rest of the information necessary to do what has to be done. Written in your father's handwriting, I fear that I'm going to be asked to make an impossible trade with a very clear choice. I fear that I may have to lose my father to gain my son. The answer is very easy, but that does not make it any simpler. Moving further ahead in the journals, you'll get to the part where they talk about Evelyn, your mother, reaching out to contacts, scientists, and excavators on Thus. You'll have notes from your father talking about how they have to take out a loan in order to buy the materials necessary. It appears Magnus has come back with the rest of the information needed. As you're about to start into that at the top of the stairs, you will hear Barry's voice. Mr. Estebold, there's somebody here for you. Thank you, Barry. I'll be up soon. This will have to, I'll have to come back to this. Close the book with a sigh and start heading up. Yeah, as you get up to the top of the stairs, you will hear Gore nervously talking, but you can't hear anybody responding back to him. Barry will lead you around the corner as you see Gore sitting down and standing in front of him is Detective Chavri Das, the void seeker from before. Hey. Put on the annoyed demeanor. Doss? Estebold. What brings you here? I was hoping you have a moment to talk. 
Well, it's actually my day off. Surprising, huh? A smile doesn't look comfortable on her as she looks at you and says, then you must have plenty of time. Let's go to Goodberries. Very well. As both of you exit out, Thor will look more at ease as Doss leaves. Barry watches as you both exit. Outside, there's a large van marked as a seeker vehicle uh, parked out front. Doors closed. It looks like Doss drove here herself. Large van, but just, just the one person? Yeah, yeah. It's Doss. All right. She'll walk across the street with you. She'll open the door and motion for you to enter first. And I will. Inside, the, the happy yells of Eric and Lothar uh, fill the air as the news is on mute on the large screen in the center of the restaurant. Doss will take a seat and grab the menu as Sabrina will come over and drop off some coffees and waters. Morning, Lucius. Good morning. And she'll turn to Doss, ma'am. Doss will nod silently. What do you get here? She asks. Um, well, my friends will oftentimes just get the eggs, but, and you know what? I'm going to get them this time because I haven't tried the product that they're using lately, but I've usually been a fan of the bacon pie. She'll chuckle for a moment at that and bacon pie, please. And I'll just have, um, eggs and hash browns. Coming right up and Sabrina will head off with your orders. Doss will sit there for a bit. Looking you up and down, kind of staring you across the table. I'll let that happen for a couple minutes and then speak up. Well, go on. Mr. Estebold, is there anything that you would like to share with us? Am I on some kind of record? Not at all. Well, sure then. I'm having quite a nice day. How about you? You know, it doesn't seem too bad. But we'll have to see how the rest of the day goes before I make that judgment. Oh, I hear you. Well, that's me sharing. How about you share? Why are you here? The law is a difficult thing, Mr. Estebold. Is it? I became a seeker because I believed in the Arcani Pact. I try to do right by most people. I try to make sure to do my job with professionalism. I've found that most times I am making a difference. I'm helping people, but sometimes I find that the law cannot help as much as I wish it could. There are people that have enough power that they can deflect the law, move it around like the element shapers of the Artori Wilds. And that doesn't always feel right. Sometimes I find that through luck or happenstance or just fate, bad things happen to bad people. And when that happens, I try not to dig too hard. Shame about what happened on the freeway the other day. Looks like the crow won't be able to make his settlements or won't be able to delay it any further. A lot of families are going to get money in time to celebrate the winter holidays. And that's a good thing. That's something that matters. She'll stop talking as Sabrina brings over the bacon pie and your eggs and hash browns. I'm glad you see it that way. I'll take a bite of the eggs. Standard chicken eggs. A little bit oversalted, but not too bad. And for once, I will not alter my food. But random things, they happen, don't they? And it is nice when it happens to bad people. Precisely, Mr. Estable. I'm not going to ask how you deleted the information from the central surveillance system. I'm not going to ask what you got for what you did. I'm going to thank you for not hurting anyone that didn't accept the risk. And for showing me this place. Never had a bacon pie before, but this isn't bad. To be honest, I've never really looked at the menu. I just asked for it. They might have just even made it for me. Hmm. Not a bad deal. I'd agree. If she eats, she'll order another cup of coffee. I'm probably the type of person that would just, like, not savor food as much as other people would. Just get through it. She'll finish up after you then, before holding up her hand, say, this one's on me, and offer to pay the tab. I appreciate that. Mind if we step out for a smoke? Let's do that. Yeah, you guys step out into the cold autumn day, a bit overcast for this time of year. She'll walk over to the van and head towards the back. Cigarette in mouth as she goes to open it. Inside is the ripped-off, broken, and damaged door of your van. Yeah, a bead of sweat will form on my brow. <laughs> like, oh, that's a bit embarrassing. She kind of hiccup laughs as the smoke comes out of her nose. I am going to write you a ticket for littering, though, Mr. Estebold. No one is above the law. 
Can I at least have it back? Absolutely. Send your crew out here to get it. I've lifted it once. I'm not doing it again. One second on that. Oh, I think it was only a thought to have a spell that would carry stuff. I never really did. Oh, yeah, because I'm a sorcerer. and be very difficult to take that. <laughs> so that would have been 25% of all your spells. <laughs> right. Or at the time, it would have been 100% of all my first level spells. Yeah, looking it over, I'll, I know I'll just embarrass myself if I try to get it myself. So, um, <laughs> God damn it, Doss, can you just help me get this thing onto my property? <laughs> I will roll a diplomacy. Go ahead, go ahead and roll me that diplomacy. <laughs> I got a total of 19. Yeah, she looks at you for a moment before she puts out her cigarette. I gave everybody the day off. Quietly stare at you in, in the judging way that she does. Uh, she will get inside the van, grab the other end. And we start lugging. Yep, and you two will carry this back around to the gate. So you can put it back with the width of the impounded vehicles and other larger materials that you've rebid. While we're struggling with this, <laughs> say, Doss, uh, I didn't delete anything. I don't know how <laughs> nobody knows about this. Like, I saw it on the news in the morning, and then there was nothing. So you guys put down the dented and destroyed door. She'll light up another cigarette. Huh, well, I guess I'll have to look into that. Because if you didn't do it, then somebody's directly interfering with this on your behalf. If you're not going to tell me who that is, then, well, I hope you're not tied to them. Well, hopefully I didn't say too much to you. But we were within our contract, and we did what was right. Everything seems to check out so far. Mr. Estebold, as long as the people that are getting hurt are the people that chose to get in that path, I'm not going to pry too hard. But if innocent people start getting hurt for your actions, we're going to have another talk. It'll go a little bit differently. All right. Well, it'll be nice to see you again on this same note then with that i wish you a good rest of the day off you as well she'll head back and close the doors to the van before walking across the street to go talk with shropdell you'll see them talking for a moment before she'll take a seat and go to start playing chess with him speaking to nobody like ah my day off my phone will kind of levitate out of my pocket and i will call let's call doga dearth the illican scientist the phone rings for a moment before you hear the chipper voice of, Hello, hello. Douglas Lucius Estebold, how are you today? Oh, hey. I'm good, good. And he'll go to Hush Tones. Why are you calling? Seeing as I've done so much for you, I was hoping that you could do me a favor. Uh, you could hear the audible gulp as he... What kind of favor? It's an easy one. I'm just uh, looking to see if you know anything about... Or if you guys do any experimentations on cockatrices. Oh, like those, uh, those horrible Verdant Isle chickens? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we, we, we do. Great. You guys actually have facilities to test on them, or you have some just, I don't know, in containment somewhere? I mean, both. They're, they're cheaper alternative than trying to capture basilisks, but we keep a few dozen here at the office for various testings. Is there a reason why you'd want something like this? Oh, just because the eggs I had were just awful. Anyways, thank you for that. And um, we'll keep in touch. Oh, okay. Clicks off. On the other end, a very nervous elegant looks at his phone for a bit before going back to work. I kind of assess the damage of where our Hedron vehicle is at, waiting for Doss and Shrop to finish their game, because I want to play next. Yeah, their game takes about 30 minutes or so. And you can see they're both speaking in their, speaking in the elegant language. As they joke back and forth, this is probably the happiest, the most animated you've ever seen Doss. And she does seem to pretty much chain smoke as long as she's outside. That 
can't be healthy. But yeah, after 30 minutes, they'll finish their chess game. Share a laugh for a moment. She'll put down some credits for him and then start walking back to the van. If you're outside this whole time, she will stop before getting into the van and ask, was there anything else, Mr. Estabold? Nothing else. Carry on, citizen. And she gets in and drives off. I was going to do that without your permission. But now you have it. <laughs> and I will uh, walk over to the uh, chess table. Yeah, Shrop seems to be in a good mood as as you approach. And oh, wow, popular fella today. How are you doing, Mr. Estabold? I think it's going to be all right. So who won? Oh, I did. She's not very good, but she does swing by to play. Good to hear both of those things. I taught your employee fours how to play earlier. Didn't realize he didn't know how to play. He's very, very bad still. <laughs> well, how about a challenge then? All right, I'm in. He'll offer you a cup of coffee from his thermos. I'll gladly take it. I'm starting to get jittery from all the coffee that I've drinking today. But yeah, he sits across from you. He says, why don't you go ahead and start? Uh, we'll just go ahead and roll an opposed intelligence check for this. Sounds good. So I like to fancy my character as somebody that uh, like might think that he's good at chess, but is not. <laughs> so, okay. And that will hopefully be reflected in my poor intelligence score. Oh, I actually don't have the worst intelligence score. So <laughs> I roll a natural 20 for a 22. All righty. Once you got rid of the all the dead weight of the rest of your party. It's just smooth sailing and natural 20s. He is knocked out of the water by how quickly you seem to gain advantage over the board and take him out within about 10 minutes. A little bit, it, you can tell that he probably was going a little bit easy um, as he wasn't aware that you're actually good at this game, it appears. <laughs> so scratch his head and gotta say, Lucius, I'm impressed. Yeah, but I doubt I'd be able to pull that one past you the next time. I'd hope not. But fall for it twice in a row. I can tell you you're pretty good at this game. Well, let's set up again. How are, while we're playing though, how are you doing today? I think it's going to be all right, but uh, yeah, it's just kind of starting. Nice. Yeah. So awkwardly, like, have you ever thought of, and I guess I haven't thrown it out there, but um, I'm sure I could find a use for you with uh, bold requisitions. A use for me, Lucius? Yeah, I, I think I could use somebody intelligent like you. What for yet? I couldn't quite tell you. Well, I guess I'll consider it. You know... It wasn't too long ago that I put out, just on kind of a whim, just thinking I might need it, put out for a need for help. And before you know it, we're working with Oswald. And I don't think I would be alive today without him. So that, uh, that gangly little boy? That gangly little boy with the weird contraption that he just seems to live in. I guess if, uh, if he's an old Hedron miner, or if he, if he worked the Hedron fields, makes sense that he's pretty used to wearing it all the time. You need to camp with those things on in case you fall off in your sleep. I wouldn't know. He doesn't really discuss it. It tends to be pretty secretive. Hmm. Anyways, think it over. I will, Lucius. All right, let's uh, try again. I'll play another round. All right, go ahead and give me that intelligence check. All right. Ooh, I rolled a 11 for a 13. This time he's on to you. He's able to stay ahead of your tricks and take this game back. Hmm, perhaps I'm a little bit rusty. Well, you left some pretty easy openings there for me. Oh, just rub it in, please. <laughs> say jokingly. I'll play you one more. You're on. This time, can I use my uh, base and bastard trait to give me plus three to this? Yeah. We're going to give it a shot. So pulling upon your powers of luck? <laughs> <laughs> pulling upon all my powers, I got a five. Alrighty. <laughs> uh, with expert precision, he proceeds to take you out in about four turns. <laughs> and he can tell I'm trying my hardest. <laughs> <laughs> I just laugh and just flick my king over. Yeah, he'll 
Well, heck, <laughs> if you're if you're going to leave that many openings, you might need somebody to come work for you. I think you're seeing it. I'll think it over, Lucius. I appreciate it, though, and thanks for swinging by. I hope you have a good rest of your day. Yeah, I can feel it's going to be a good one. And just for just visual effects, I'll just nod, and uh, the chess pieces will just kind of magically float back to where they're supposed to be for the start of the game. Oh, nice. Didn't take you for a caster. Well, I'm full of tricks. <laughs> Still laughing and walking away, just knowing that I'm not. <laughs> and um, without even thinking about it, I just kind of start walking. Just walking through the warehouse district, kind of where you guys are now? Yeah, and then probably started thinking about it, heading off towards just an area where there might be restaurants and bars and cafes and the like. Okay. Are you thinking about going all the way downtown, or are you thinking about just in the local area? Start local, and then maybe go downtown, but probably just stay kind of local. Okay. Yeah. It is uh, quiet streets out here in the warehouse district. A few moon rats will go riding by on their hedron cycles. The overcast part of the day keeps it all fairly cozy on the cold streets. But you'll find your way over to some local bars, unless you're trying to go to like a specific one, like the Wagon Wheel or things like that. Nothing specific. Yeah, you can find yourself a, a small kind of cafe. Some seating outside. and Sounds about right. So I'll just grab a, a tea or something and just kind of read up on the, on the news. See if there's anything new developing from from both the accident with Togger Crow to the uh, what has to be starting up uh, family wars. Yeah, you can see on the news right now they're announcing that there is a crimson alert for the Seleni district in the Bayview area. They recommend for the Bayview as well as nearby neighborhoods to remain aware and vigilant as complications between House Arvori and House Singari are beginning to escalate. Gunfire has already been heard in the streets on the first day of the conflict between the two houses. And I was there at the start of it. So yeah, at this, this point, I'd probably just spend just an hour or two just relaxing and reading just stuff that's available here. Yeah, not hard to sit down and kind of disappear into the crowd, as it were. You know, they bring you over the tea with a couple packets of sugar. Uh, you can sit there and watch traffic go by and look out and see the large light rail that crosses through the center of Dust Banter and airships far above. kind of. Give it the illusion that even though it's your day off, he is very much alive and, and bustling. <laughs> then as I imagine it's starting to get more into the afternoon, I'll look down on my watch and say, oh man, just a couple more hours until Dungeon Crawl is on. <laughs> and I'm going to wander over to um, the light rail and I want to go see it somewhere in the city. So I'm heading downtown. Excellent. Hop you on the light rail. You'll pass by various giant billboards, the Omnibart, Underground Crush, a giant poster for a movie. For a historical fiction movie called Jamak. <laughs> they'll pass through the bright lights of Amon Advancements as, yeah, you'll arrive downtown into the business district. While I am on the light rail, um, I'd like to be thinking about what uh, Doss had said, the, the code that they follow. What is that? The Arcani Pact? Yeah, the Arcani Pact. What is that? Uh, go ahead and roll me a history check. An attempt at a knowledge history, I get a total of 14. Uh, with a 14... It's not something you spend extensive time, but you do know history, right? Mm-hmm. Agnes Arcani is, as far as known in the Duskman area, Saint Arcani, uh, the one who reformed the Seekers after they used to be more of a corrupt institution. The Arcani Pact effectively kind of means that almost any Seeker that gets in is bound by a code of conduct, an oath to Saint Arcani, uh, to do their work with the intent of doing the most good. Now, there's no repercussions to this if they don't do it, but 
Most seekers join because they believe in those ideals. Though it's not hard necessarily to find examples of bad ones, the intent there, at least originally, was seekers to be a force for good. Before this, as I recall, seekers were kind of like an enforcement to root out and eliminate arcane casters, right? Correct. Uh, Saint Arcani is the one who changed that. So yeah, I just kind of think about that for a little bit, and then I imagine I'll get to my destination eventually. Yeah. Nope. Downtown business district. Nice restaurants. Fancy seats. Rich people are sharing drinks in the middle of the day, talking about their lives at home in the office, joking about what's on television. You can see that the, at least this area of the business, the <clears throat> excuse me, you can see this part of the business district vastly different than the warehouse district. You cannot see anybody at corners panhandling. It it feels very clean here. Hmm. I don't come down here very often, so. Is this just kind of well-known, or is this something that I'm just now kind of seeing? No, it's something that's somewhat well-known, that these people here are more than willing to use the Seekers to, or to, to call for private security to remove unwanted elements from the area. Yeah, it's their, their need to always do good. Our Kane Pact. But yeah, you're not too far away from bold partners if you're looking to meet up with Xavier. No, today's a day off. Otherwise, fine steak shops and expensive bistros await you. Music plays from corners. You see fancy clothing shops like Mithrain's, and, as of almost anywhere can be found, the chain coffee shop, Fruit and Bean. I'll go um, listen to some street musicians with intent to throw credits. Ooh, there would not be street musicians here. Oh, they're not. Okay. What kind of, so the music, where is music coming from? Oh, like, uh, just kind of like store music. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> You could probably find a few bars walking into like an Applebee's, but they have a section set aside for live music. Right. So this would be where a street performer could play if they get in good with the owner of the bar, but you can't perform on the street. Gotcha. So less interested in that, I think. And I'll just find a place that looks like it would be fun to watch Dungeon Crawl at. Okay. Yeah. You'll be able to find a small tavern down here. This building looks like it was built a long, long time ago, and they've just been keeping it up. It has a... Goose with multiple heads, almost like a Goose Hydra is the logo before entering in to see a fairly cozy tavern. Probably about 20 people could fit in here. They've got two different screens, one playing sports, one playing news. But when Dungeon Crawl comes on, you know they'll probably put it on. I'm excited. I grab a drink and sit at the bar. You definitely have a few hours to sit, enjoy some quiet beers. The bartender here, a uh, bald Lykel with no hats on, would make idle chit-chat with you as you kind of hang out. Sounds good. I'll uh, I'll kind of see if he uh, has, like, I don't know, any information on things going on in the city. Anything that's kind of surprising or shocking or anything like that. As you try to chat him up and he'll, oh, I, yeah, I don't know of, uh, not too much goes on down here, really. Yeah, how could it? He'll, he'll give you an odd look. It's a lot of people getting ready for the winter family holidays and whatnot. Staying open, keep the lights on. Should have a good crowd in here later, though, if you want to chat it up with people. Sounds good. I'll be around. So the dude just kind of, he's just a bartender. He's being bartender stuff. Yep. He is constantly cleaning a mug. (laughs) (laughs) But as you sit here then at the honking Hydra. (laughs) My name. I like that one. uh, Your Lakes, which is the bartender here, will turn to look as the door opens up. And you'll see two basically downtown gang members enter in. They have dark tattooed kind of eyes to make it look like when they close their eyes that they're just black and hollow. The Bodax. They do off-the-book work for corporations. They're a little bit more professional than the ones you have in your area. Right. I probably never really interacted with them, but I know about them. 
One of them's a human, the other one a void. Because they'll come in and wave your legs around when you get a chance. And he'll nod and excuse himself from the conversation with you before heading over to bring them a pitcher of beer. From what you can overhear as they talk with the bartender, they're also here to watch Dungeon Crawl. I'll shout out, you guys like Dungeon Crawl? They'll both look over at you and, well, yeah, it's the big finale. I haven't been able to watch in a while. I didn't even realize. It's going to be a good one. We get to find out what happens between Andrea and Shurik. And I'll uh, just move my beer and hang out with these guys for a second. Because who wouldn't want to hang out with Bodax? They'll kick over a chair, signaling that it's open for you to take a seat. Yeah, I feel like I would just do so good at this game. (laughs) Yeah, they'll look at you and laugh and cheers. (laughs) You, why? What do you do? (laughs) I'm just, just good at figuring things out. Like, I feel like I would just know where that secret door is. <laughs> just somehow. Yeah, they'll chuckle, and the one that's clearly the leader, she'll reach out a hand. Gavi Karza. This here's Theo. The Bodax, they have shaved heads and blackened eyes. But they'll joke around with you of, oh yeah, no, no. Theo here would be great at it as well. He's got a mind for this stuff. Yeah? Confidently take a swig. I'm pretty sure Shurik has this. Lizard folk are just, they're just stronger. They're built for this. Before Javi would cut in and, no, no, I think Adrian's got this one. She's been playing a good game this entire time. As they're talking about it, yeah. And I, by the way, am Lucius Estable. All right, Lucius, you want to take bets on this? Well, seeing as I uh, haven't really been paying attention, uh, obviously, yes. <laughs> That's what we like to hear, though. <laughs> Your licks, another round on us. What did they say that the lizard folk's name was? Uh, Shurik. And how many people are competing in this, in the finale? Theo would excitedly jump in. These are the last two. Everybody else has been incapacitated or taken out. Just voted off the island. They'll laugh. And if you call taking a fireball to the face, voting off the island. Sounds like a cheersing moment. Cling, cling, cling. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I'm, I'm going to have to go with uh, put my bet on Andrea. All right. Sounds good. So, Lucius, what brings you out here to the Honkin' Hydra? I just usually don't get out to downtown all that often. And I thought I'd catch the end of a dungeon call here as good as any yeah the inner city seems so um clean oh you know how it is the suits like to make sure that they aren't bothered with you know riffraff trash mm. <laughs> javi will kind of nod her head towards the front door as you'll see walk in a blink dog somebody that i recognize or just i know they're a blink dog uh, you can see him of course by the the coat that they're wearing the leather jacket but looking over you don't recognize them immediately Probably not somebody you've interacted with, but they do stop. Once you turn to look at them, they do stop to stare back at you. Then I guess to my company, I'll just say, uh, oh, look, somebody from the Blink Dogs. Yeah, good old Seeker Hounds. Theo will say very loudly, bootlickers. And Javi will laugh and cheers Theo before slamming down the rest of her beer and filling up from the pitcher. Uh, The Blink Dog does look rather upset and annoyed by this, but will take a seat similar to where you were sitting before at the bar and order a drink. So you guys don't have much uh, care for the Blink Dogs, then? Nah. Suck-ups and losers get all their equipment from the leftover Seekers, so that way they can run around doing whatever they want. Not even respectful enough to do crimes on their own. How do you guys feel about the Moon Rats? Uh, they'll both just start laughing. Those guys are still around. Apparently so. Yeah, if it wasn't for Aranyi, I don't think they'd get shit done. <laughs> moon Rats? Man, they might have to be the worst gang. Yeah, the Moon Rats are even less useful than the Gelatinous Cubes. At least those guys serve a purpose. Digging through trash, finding evidence, blackmailing people. I've actually never even uh, ran into anybody from the Gelatinous Cubes. What an unfortunate name. Nah, 
G3, as they call themselves. They, uh, you're probably not going to run into too much. And they look you over a bit and see that you're dressed professionally. I mean, you're still scrubby, scubby professional, but mm-hmm. professionally. Like, yeah, someone like you probably doesn't have to deal with them. They serve the media a lot better. Well, that's interesting. Thought I knew all about the Moon Rats. I've never heard of Verani. Uh, she's secretive as hell. Stays locked up in that bar of theirs. Hmm. And then I'll have a flashback to when somebody was pointing a shotgun at us. Or was it? It was Fours, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, maybe that was her. What does she do for them? Oh, ho, ho. she coordinates the whole thing. She used to work for Emperor Securities. We tried to bring her on, but she didn't want anything to do with us. Hmm. Person's a terminal constant user. There's something you need found. She can find it. What's a terminal constant user? Is that something that I should understand? You know that slang for someone who's always online. Okay. Well, that's cool. That puts some pieces together for me. Yeah, I guess I'll just continue kind of bullshitting with these guys. They'll just kind of keep talking. Mm-hmm. Setting up the bet over Dungeon Crawl. But after a couple drinks, the Illican Blink Dog will walk over to the table. They have their hands a glass of water as they stop and Lucius Estebold, correct? The one and only. And you? Do you mind stepping outside? We have some business to talk. Do we? Yes. We do need to negotiate the terms of our previous agreement. We're doing some restructuring. All right. It's rare to catch you alone out here. As the Illicit Blink Dog speaks, Javi will cut them off and, whoa, 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 you don't have any power here? Go back to, go call a seeker or something. The Blink Dog will look visibly kind of annoyed. This person is in our jurisdiction. We need to rediscuss their protection payments. But Javi will once again, well, they happen to be on Bodak territory. And we're having fun. So why don't you scoot along and go be, I don't know, useful? Is that what you guys do? You're useful? You see the hand of the Blink Dog drifts over to the cleaver on their side before coming back to their water glass. And this doesn't have to be a thing. We just need to speak with this person here. Javi will look at you, Lucius. And I'll laugh and say, you can always make an appointment. This is my day off. I almost asked you to roll antagonize, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it can go that way if you'd like. But yeah, this guy is obviously angry, and I obviously do not care. <laughs> like, our interactions the, with the Blink Dogs, like, they're they're not really anybody, right? No, they used, used to collect protection money from your block until you guys, about a year ago or so... Establish that we don't anymore, right? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Go ahead and toss me a diplomacy right now. Is this guy human? <laughs> nope, there's no humans involved in this. No humans. Okay, I got a total of 16. Yeah, the Blink Dog Enforcer stares at you for a bit, looks at the table with a couple Bodaks there, before they'll take a deep breath and say, Very well, Lucius, we will call and set up an appointment. I hope you have a good rest of the day off. They'll set their water cup on the table nearby before walking out. Javi and Theo will tap cups before fucking losers. As he's walking out, kind of loudly, I'll say, Yeah, yeah, I think that they used to think that they had some kind of claim over the streets in my neighborhood. (laughs) But they just have no purpose there. The Enforcer will stop, and you'll see with clenched fists, uh, they will continue walking. Well, no way that can go bad. Javi and Theo will... Who cares? What are they going to do? Call the cops on you? (laughs) After the beating they took from the moon rats, I'm surprised there's any of them left. With raucous laughter and sliming their fists upon the table, they will ask you to tell them that story. Oh, no way. Rats beat dogs. (laughs) Oh, shit. God, they're even more useless than we thought. (laughs) 
although it seems a bit funny at the time the the memory of them just executing <laughs> the blink dogs in the streets after that fight i'll go a little bit grim maybe that's the story for another time we're here to have fun all right well you got next round lucius sounds good i'll head up to the bar to pick up another pitcher yeah and then that javi and theo will sit down and laugh share stories talking about various jobs they've done high rises they've broken into rich people they've conned out of money the good work they do off the books of course if you're a corporation and you need work done and you don't want anyone to find out we're who you call well yeah it's interesting to hear about how you guys operate so these guys are pretty much just fucking scumbags right or are they like it doesn't do they do anything good it looks like they do dirty work specifically for corporate people Mm -hmm. they don't take protection money they don't do anything that like harms local people okay then maybe i don't care too much yeah they're kind of the uh if you don't want to use applied solutions you'd probably use these guys right give me a minute so kind of thinking to them in that aspect gonna kind of drive the conversation leading in a direction um so if you guys have much conflicts with uh applied solutions applied solutions applied solutions yeah you guys have to deal with applied solutions uh, we've run into them a couple times they're i mean they're good at what they do and they called in but we we don't overlap too much i hear our contracts are more off the books kind of like fancy and investments they'll sure look between each other fancy and investments you've never run across them no i can't really say we have I'll put on a disappointed look at that. The way they say it leaves you a little bit suspicious. Oh, you've never run in, haven't had any dealings with advancing investments. Surprising, they're kind of up and coming. Yeah, go ahead and give me that sense motive. Yeah, with a 24 on your sense motive, you can definitely tell that they're holding back information. Yeah, you're easily able to pick up that they're clearly hiding something from you. Or at least, uh, not, not maybe not intentionally, but they're not revealing as much information as they seem to have. Yeah, I've never, never really dealt with fancy. Oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm always looking to kind of know more about them, hmm. seeing as they're up and coming. That's fair. What do you do, Lucius? Oh, just, I'm just a simple repossessions company. They'll share a, a look between each other. Yeah, we're kind of like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess all I can take from that is that they, they know something, but I have no intention on prying on these guys too hard. Maybe later on they might get looser lips after they drink more but yeah, you know, i'll just keep on building up the reputation with them okay yeah with drinks being bought stories being shared you guys will have a good time as you guys approach the starting time for dungeon crawl they'll order a pitcher of water but they'll still order shots with it you drink uh you drink illicit whiskey uh tend not to but tonight's a special occasion <laughs> yeah it is three shots your legs as they'll call out and he'll bring over some of the good stuff I can't make it non-alcoholic with pre-stigitation, can I? I don't think so, no. I don't think so either. You can change the flavor to coffee. Because <laughs> I got a feeling this stuff's going to mess me up. <laughs> so um, I'll go ahead and participate and cheers them. But um, when I take it to my lips, it's I cast a spell. Ooh, which spell? The spell is Vacious Vessel. And the shot glass is going to appear to be empty, unless if they peer into it or actively trying to trying to investigate the shot class yeah no they're definitely not going to do that <laughs> right did you drink it <laughs> yeah if you aren't getting black out with us we don't apply <laughs> right uh, uh but yeah they'll watch you throw it back at uh, verbal component there 
Only, so I guess what, your verbal component's cheers if you even wanted to have one? <laughs> uh, I do not need a verbal component. Right, you don't need one. <laughs> a round per level, so what, in 24 seconds it fills back up? Well, yeah, the liquid is there, so sometime in conversation, it'll be kind of like a sleight of hand to just kind of spill it back in some direction quick. Yeah. You know, get rid. Yeah, not a problem at all. So, yeah, you cast the spell, and all of you take your shots before you see Fab Ferran. With his red-haired wig, the elegant face comes on as they announce the beginning of Dungeon Crawl! Give a cheer. Yeah! Theo and Javi will clap and stand up. A couple other people in the bar will also, woo! <laughs> Got this, Andrea. That you see the exhausted, sweat-covered-and-dirty woman, Andrea, as well as the lizard folk, Shurik. Shurik has a makeshift stint on her arm as they're both kind of going through what looks like the final part of the dungeon. They both seem to be working very well in concert, running defense for each other. They're pointing out traps. They seem to have made a pretty good team. As you guys watch, Javi and Theo get excited. They grab your arm. Oh my God, they're doing it. They're doing it. We've never had two people win at the same time. This is amazing. Babron keeps popping on to show clips of old episodes of kind of where they started and where they are now. You'll watch as they get to the end of the dungeon. As Shurik starts to run forward, Andrea will run out of nowhere and tackle her, throwing her to the ground before they cut to commercial. Damn! As Fab Franz's face comes on, the betrayal! As he starts yelling, as, as a familiar jingle comes on for the local Omnimart and the Saving Squid, carrying way too many bags of groceries. Javi will get up to go get another round of shots. Theo will make some idle chit-chat with you. Kind of, so where, you said you're in repossessions, where are you? But we are Southern Seleni, right? You guys are South Dust Banner by the Seleni uh, border. Gotcha, gotcha. Is it, so which area of Dust Banner would it say if I wanted to give a direction, but and not say the the industrial district of Dust Banner? Uh, but yeah, you're able to describe you know where you're at in the warehouse district without saying warehouse district if that's what you want. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, pass over a business card. Yeah, he'll look it over and thanks, man. Yeah, I'll keep this. Never know when uh, when some official backup could be useful. Well, and yeah, I'm usually after information, so I have been open to learn more about um, fancy investments. He'll look at you and, yeah, yeah, we could talk. Not now, though. Finale's coming up. <laughs> you saw it, Andrea. But Javi will turn to the table with a round of shots as it cuts back from commercial. The screen explodes in fire as it appears that Andrea and Shurik have been hit with what appears to be some sort of fire trap. You'll watch as the lizard folk stands up. The human passed out on the floor. The stint on the lizard folk is still on fire. They'll walk towards the end, damaged, bruised, beaten, tired, as once they get to the end, a shower of confetti falls down upon them. Fab Ferran comes running on screen, screaming, grabbing onto Shurik's good arm and lifting it up. Everyone in the bar is pretty stunned, as Fab Ferran starts to yell that this is the first time a lizard folk has ever won Dungeon Crawl. Your licks will mute the television screen as they start to go into what they've won and playing old clips from the rest of the season. Javi will look at you and hold out her hand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> dig through my pockets and pull out the cash. Damn it. But you got him. That was out of nowhere. Fire trap. No. Who would have expected it this late in the game? Obviously, you wouldn't be very good at this. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The kind of realization sets in that, yeah, I probably wouldn't be very good at this. <laughs> but Javi will use the winnings from you to buy another round of shots, uh, even though you guys have not finished the last one, before she'll say that, all right, we got to pound these quick. we got a job to do tonight. 
Oh yeah, what are you guys up to? Ah, nothing big. Got a new recruit we gotta haze in. Sounds like work. I will cheers them. Yeah, we can't all have days off. It's a rare occasion. As long as you keep using vacuous vessel, they'll slam the shots back to back with you. Yeah, and I do that. I'm not drinking these things. <laughs> Before they stand up and well, it was great meeting you, Lucius. Theo will give you the hand gesture, putting out his thumb and his pinky. Give us a call if you need some information next time. I appreciate it. You guys stay safe. They'll laugh and always. With that, your looks will come over and pick up the empties that clutter the table and say that huh, I'm impressed. The uh the Bodax don't usually just hang out with people. They're usually pretty quiet. Well, perhaps I just have a way with people. Can I get you another drink? Just a water. And if you could, could you turn the volume back up on the show? I want to see the end. Yeah, absolutely. You'll hear Fab Fabron talk about how they're going to redesign their home, that they're going to get 500,000 credits, and then sending them on a two-week paid vacation to Gold Basin. They talk about how next season will be their biggest season yet to see if, what would you do for another chance? And I'll take that in. What would you do for another chance? Yeah, your elixir will drop off your water as well as your tab before going over to serve some other patrons. I'll pay the tab without drinking the water and just still stuck on my thoughts on that for another chance. And I'll ask to nobody what did they do to give me another chance. And I'll just walk out of the bar. Late night downtown, you can hear the sounds of people partying and enjoying their night. Drinks, loud conversations. You can hear... You could definitely hear lizard folk celebrating the win of Shurik. All around, it seems like a fun vibe and a good place down here. People are enjoying themselves. Yep, the people that are allowed to be here. I'll pop on the next light rail out. Rolling back on the light rail, passing underneath familiar billboards and bright lights. It is a quiet and calm ride. I dropped off a couple blocks from the warehouse district where you started, not too far away from your business. And, um, yeah, I think to... Probably end the night unless you got something else. I'll probably end it with just uh, wanting to head back and read through those journals again. Yeah, as you head back and take a seat. Up above, you can definitely hear the footsteps as people are coming home late at night. Fours and Dosh hear laughter from the kitchen above. As it appears that Fours went out and saw Jamak, that history movie, and is telling Barry about it. But as you sit down to read, you're in the last journal. As you sit down to read the last journal that's in this study. Your father writes that we are gathered here together, the entire family. We followed the steps that Magnus has found from the dweller, and we're ready to bring back Lucius. Matilda has kept his body preserved this entire time. Xavier has read the texts, and we're ready to perform the ritual. We understand that the sacrifice is necessary, and everyone has agreed to it. You can't bind a soul to a gem to prevent the soul from binding to the outer planes. I know it was a lot. Evelyn used all of our contacts. I know it'll cost more to us than we have, but what else can we do? There's no cost too good for our son, she says. We have a blue diamond, forged in thus, condensed river sticks, pressed until it becomes a reflection of eternity, memories from across universes. Magnus has accepted sacrifice that has to be done, and as the ritual sits, we must make three sacrifices, one of wealth, one of power, and one of body. It flips to another page, before he begins to describe that the whole family is invested in this, that we we understand what we're giving up. We understand what has to be done. Do our sacrifices, we'll be able to bind Lucius' soul to this diamond to get him back, to return it to control of his body. Sadly, the sacrifice of power will require that all the other Estabolds no longer be allowed to use or benefit from magic. Matilda's sad about this. She's been doing so well. 
But she wants her little brother back, more than anything. And as I feared, Magnus is going to sacrifice himself to bind Lucius's soul. I will have to pull upon my father's contacts at the Perpetuals. An item like this is too dangerous to keep here. The wealth alone required to make a blue diamond from the river Styx is enough the thief would never have to work again in multiple lifetimes. I've already contacted the Perpetuals to take away his gem once he comes back to us. I've hugged my father for the last time. With that, he writes, The ritual is done. My boy is back, and I have lost a father. And I close the journal, looking troubled. You are now level five. And that's where we'll end for tonight. And as always, a special thanks to Nihilor for the both opening and closing music. The title of this session's music is Bigger 